Panoply, Panorama, Panpipe, Pansy, Aha, Pansexual, Knowing No Boundaries of Sex or Gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855 AM digital and 3cr.org.au. Country. Crime. 
3CR, 855am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand. Lots of ways to listen to 3CR and this show, Out of the Pan, um, a show knowing no boundaries of sex, gender or, well, uh, musical genre, genre will be mixed today, but um, we opened up with Lee Koenigan Country Crowd. I'll explain why in a second. Um, 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation and we pay respects to all First Nations people, um, past um, elders, past, present and emerging, listening in today from wherever you are, always was, always will be First Nations land. Lots of ways to get in touch with the show. Um, you can um, do it the old-fashioned 2000 sort of way and go out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com. You can SMS 61. 61- Four five six seven five one two one five. You can tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line. And um, look for the posts on Facebook on my page, Sally Goldner, and also on Out of the Pan three CR eight five five AM Melbourne. Well, um, we're springing into spring. Gosh, um, we'll have a track for that coming up next. Um, and you don't no prizes for guessing which Australasian band will do that one. Opened up with Lee Kernigan's Country Crowd from nineteen fifty nine because. Um, we are springing into spring and hopefully things are growing and that means, um, you know, sort of in the regional and rural areas. And it seemed like a good idea today given that we have coming up the Ballarat Frolic Festival in early November and out in the open also in early November. We'll give dates in due course to talk about some Victorian regional and rural issues. And I've got two wonderful guests in the studio. Um, first up, Jody, Welcome. Hello. And I'll just check in on which pronouns you use, if any. She, her. And Eden. Hello. Hi, Sally. Hi, Jodie. And which pronouns you use, if any. They, them. Thank you. And I use she, her pronouns myself. Well, yeah, regional and rural issues, and you've both, um, you know, got a strong connection to that. So I'll just, I'll lead in first, um, you know, and we'll flip a flip a coin. It could be non-binary and land on its edge as well as heads or tails. <laughs> as to whoever wants to go first and talk about their a bit of their life um, growing up in outside of metropolitan um, Australia, wherever that was. Jodie's going to dive in. Okay, so I grew up in rural Victoria in the Wimmera Valley, mm-hmm. which is about halfway to Mildura for people who aren't quite sure where that yep. is. And... So basically when most people ask what it was like growing up queer in Watcham, I generally tell them I have a lot of brilliant coats because I spent so much time in the closet (laughs) because it wasn't a very inclusive place back then and it's getting there now slowly, so... Yeah, no, that that's a really good point. I might, you know, if you feel comfortable, ask, you know, when you say back then, um, sort of um, just check in on age range if you're comfortable to say that. Oh, I'm like mid-30s. Yep, so, okay, so I'm just doing some quick maths. 1980s, yeah. Yeah, where... 1980s, 1990s. So yep. Even recently, I have still have some... Some people struggle with around my sexuality, but that's their problem, not mine. So. Hear, hear. And Eden, um, your story a bit thereof. Mm, sure. So, um, so I was born in Cooma. Today's my birthday, actually, so 34 oh. years ago. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy Liberance. Yay. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Cooma, and so that's in New South Wales, near the Snowy Mountains. I then moved to a small country town called Berry in, in regional New South Wales. Um, and when I was about 12, I moved to Canberra, um, which I moved from when I was about 25. So I feel a, a very strong connection to the mountainous um, 
yeah, the very tree-filled places of regional Victoria. And it's interesting coming full circle in a way. And so as I'll talk about later, my research is about um, trans lives in regional and rural Victoria. So I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm kind of coming home in a way. Beautiful. And Jodie, you do lots of stuff now in regional Victoria. Um, tell us a little um, about that as well. Just get us in, in, um, into the swing, the picture of things. So currently I volunteer with the North Central Regional LGBTIQ Network and facilitate their Facebook page, which with um, co-host with Tina Hilly. Yay. And I love Tina. Everyone loves Tina. Yes. As <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, that's to help advocate rural issues as well as just help educate people around what's what's around and what's yeah educate advocate and support people living in rural and regional Victoria, as well as I volunteer for some Melbourne LGBTIQ organisations like um, Melbourne Bisexual Network to be like their rural voice. So you know we're not left out. Well, yeah, there's a couple of things there. First of all, I've got to thank Tina Healy for connecting us up for today because yes. I had a, um, a guest drop out and was hitting that, well, not quite the radio panic button, but all reaching for the 12-minute um, dance remixes or something or the 22-and-a-half-minute version of Love to Love You, Baby by Donna Summer, but not needed. And, yeah, I totally agree with you on Tina, one of the great contributors to our community with her mm-hmm. wisdom. Absolutely. And um, you, you've hit on a point there because I remember t- um, it's about, Eight years ago now, Daniel Whithouse, the fantastic um, person in our community, one of many, did his um, Beyond um, Priscilla sort of tour around regional Australia. Yes. And I remember listening to something he followed up with afterwards whereby he said that um, outside of the eight main capitals, there wasn't a lot of awareness of bi. And there were some of those horrible stereotypes were there about how some guys thought, oh, bi means I'm going to have two women, that sort of thing. Mm. Is that beginning, is the, I'll say that, is there, you know, beginning to be an equalisation between metro and regional, at least from your subjective perspective? I think the only way this is sort of changing is around bi visibility. That's mm. why I'm very openly bi, openly bi and talk a lot about my bisexuality and bi plus bisexuality yeah um just to educate people around what that really means because some people are just generally ignorant around that Mm. um and that's the great that's why i really love connecting with the melbourne bisexual network they're working doing a lot of great work around educating people around that as well and they support me in my journey to do so yep and so i think yeah, there's still a lot of people out there that have ignorant views of what bisexuality means. But as we sort of move through this space, we can and we continue to be visible and have shows like yourself, like this. We can help people be educated to what that really is. Yeah, and look, we you're also on the fabulous Rainbow Radio, based up in uh, Bendigo area, yes, which reaches out to regional Victoria and you know. Um, well, biased as we may be in this space, we love community radio. I love it, yes. <laughs> and it is important, of course, now we can stream everywhere um, mm. through the net and go wider beyond Victoria. And, well, depending on which way the wind's blowing, Tasmania mm. as well can get 3CR on, on the airwaves. It is really, really important. So, Eden, you know, you just heard um, Jody talk about the issues of visibility for bi mm. and, you know, sort of how, you know, where does that fit into your research, which will focus on trans and gender diverse, but the hard reality is we know that in terms of progress overall, whether metro, regional, rural, around Australia, that gay and lesbian has progressed further than, say, trans binary 
and then probably in rough order trans, non-binary, bi and intersex, and that is an approximate order. And I don't want to play hierarchy of the oppressed or anything, but that's a reality. Mm. Where does, therefore, your research fit in from a trans and gender diverse perspective? Mm, uh, great question. Um, I think I'd, I'd definitely mirror Jody's statement before about lack of awareness and, and lack of mm. visibility around trans and gender diverse lives outside of metropolitan centres. And that's reflected in large part in the research itself. So it's very rare for research to focus exclusively on the lives of regional and rural folks. Mm. Um, recently, I, I tried to find all articles that looked at uh, social support experiences of trans and gender diverse people and how it links to mental health and well-being. And of the 25 studies I found from the last decade, not a single one sampled for people outside of metropolitan centres or major suburban centres. So we know very little about the lives of trans and gender diverse people who don't live close to a large city. Um, so I guess that's where my research fits in. It's about increasing the voices of people who are often left out in research, which then, I guess, also impacts policy, um, provision of health services, provision of ways in which to increase awareness of trans and gender diverse lives outside of um, where we are at the moment, particularly in metropolitan Melbourne. Yeah, that's, you know, it's almost quite, you know, is it just unconscious bias that there hasn't been, we'll say, any rural exclusive, if I can use that term, you know, totally rural focused piece of research, that's, you know, it almost seems quite strange that that would be the case, you know, and could be a lot of things are unconscious bias, don't know what you don't know, which is often Mm -hmm. some of the stigma that bi people face, you know, not that it excuses it, of course, but that I'm, that's staggering. The thing is, are we talking just Australia there, Eden, in terms of that research? No, this is um, this is. I would look. I was looking across all academic published articles written in English. So largely, I'm looking at North America. Yep, including Canada, um, also parts throughout um, Asia and Australia as well. So yeah, it was a it was a large scoping review. I think so. My academic rock star, Jack Halberstam, termed this <laughs> a metrocentric bias, which uh, infiltrates queer theory and, mm. L- you know, just LGBTQI, the perception of LGBTQI lives generally. This idea that in order to have a livable life, you need to go to the city, um, which is as- associated with tropes. You know, a lot of the research mm. comes specifically actually from San Francisco and New York. That's mm. where the main research centres are. And within Australia, every time there's a national survey, the highest proportion of trans and gender diverse people, regardless of where that survey originates, whether it's in Western Australia or South Australia, are coming from metropolitan Melbourne specifically. So there is a metrocentric bias perhaps to how people imagine a livable life as someone who is, um, yeah, gender diverse or has a diverse sexuality. Wow. Okay, let's pause there. I'm going to come back to that. Just we'll have another track. Um, and yes, ded- dedicated to this week's, um, well, I'm going off, I'll just hop onto the Melbourne page, but I'm sure it's going to be parallel around regional Victoria, because um, um, I th- thought there's no prizes for guessing which track this is going to be, Crowded House, <laughs> because having a look at the forecast, if the web's going to bring it up, 
Four seasons in one day. I'm just <laughs> um, 17 today in Melbourne, 18, then Tuesday 23, accelerating through to 29 on Wednesday, 33 for the first day of the Vowles Cafe Celebrate Aging with Pride Conference, and back to 21 on Friday. <laughs> so we had to play the Australasian classic, which is dedicated to Melbourne, but I think we can say safely enough, regional Victoria, Crowded House, Four Seasons in One Day from the Woodface album. You're on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guests Eden and Jody. seasons in one day Lying in the depths of your imagination Worlds above and worlds below The sun shines on the black clouds Hanging over the domain Even when you're feeling warm The temperature could drop away Like four seasons in one day Smiling as the shit comes down You can tell a man from what he has to say Everything gets turned around And I will risk my neck again, again You can take me where you will up the creek and through the mill Like all the things you can't explain Four seasons in one day Blood Sleeping on an unmade bed Finding out wherever there is comfort There is pain Only one step away Like four seasons in one day Blood dries up Like rain Like rain Looking to connect with your local community and do something rewarding? Well, volunteering to lead a neighbourly ride could be exactly what you're after. The short 40-minute group rides are for all ages and ride levels. Help people build their confidence, feel supported while safely exploring the local areas of Brunswick, Carlton, Fitzroy and Northcote by bike. Volunteers receive free ride leader training, so go to neighbourlyride.com to contact us about volunteering. A 3CR supporter.
Hi, we are the Lumberjills. Hello, nous sommes les Lumberjills. And we're from Canada. So you're listening to 3CR 855 AM Community Radio, and we just want to say support your local radio station. Way, hey, and away we go. Donkey riding, donkey riding. Way, hey, and away we go. Riding on a donkey. Promote of Canada. 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, your local Australian Canado file here. Although there's still a diplomatic rift, in my opinion, between Australia and Canada. Not that I want to do catch for comments, but you can't get moosehead beer anywhere in Australia. This (laughs) needs to be rectified and drink responsibly. On 3CR today, we are talking regional and rural, and we just discussed how there was no research um, you know, anywhere in English speaking, written in English about regional life. And my guests discussing that with me are Jody um, from the Wimmera to the north and west of the Melbourne CBD, and in who's a researcher focusing on trans and gender diverse life in regional Victoria, which will obviously then start giving, you know, we hope some templates for the rest of our broad brown land. Um, you know, we, we were discussing just before the break that there was this you know, sort of unconscious bias in research. And it led me to think, you know, sometimes when we're in rainbow communities, yes, we take the lead on the attributes that are ours, but on the other side of the coin, when we're not ours, we need to be allies. How can um, urban slash metro type of people be better allies to our um, rural queer siblings? I'll um, throw throw to both of you there. What would if you ran the if you were the benign dictators of, of um, that could um, make us all to be better regional allies to regional rural remote? What would you do? I would send get our pens and laptops out and start sending letters to our local government, um, mm-hmm. advocating for the need to include everybody in the census. Would be a nice start. Yeah, good good point there. You know that um, we need full and true rainbow inclusion in the census on sexual orientation, gender identity, sex characteristics, and the latter reminds me that Saturday coming is Intersex Awareness Day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if we don't get in the census, then they say, oh, but yeah, people are only a tiny percentage of the population, mm-hmm. um, in my best 3RW talkback caller voice, and we get ignored again. So, yeah, we really need to do that, and I think that having that regional voice in there would be good. But what what else can... Um, you know, urban type of people do when considering things, um, you know, what sort of things come to mind for both of you? Maybe coming out and visiting some of our regional events and things like that as well, like uh, the Frolic Festival goes for a week, the Out and Open Festival goes for a week, maybe coming along and supporting some of those events strengthens them coming happening every year. Yeah. So Chill Out Festival, I believe, has been going for like 20 years, and that's mm. an amazing, amazing festival. And if we had more of those happening regionally, like in rural Australia, more often, I think it makes it a lot easier than everything being city-centric. Like mm. I, I love, absolutely love Midsummer Festival, but at the same time, not everybody has the access to take, to go to Midsummer Festival. Yeah. Mm. So... Um, recently I just took my young child, her best friend in school, and I had a, a lady in the supermarket ask me if I could take her child along to Chill Out Festival. <laughs> and the three children hadn't all met each other really, didn't really know each other very well prior to this event, and now are complete best friends and, like, soul sisters, <laughs> thanks to heading out to Chill Out Festival and... Um, they said to me that that was the first time they felt themselves 
Wow. Going along to Dalesford, running around the streets, seeing the parade, going to the carnival, losing me. <laughs> um, and, Hopefully not for too long. <laughs> and yeah, I, I was a little stressed. Um, they were fine. Um, but they're... They then had the opportunity to speak at local council about that about that experience and what it was like to feel included, and from that, that the children ended up advocating for the need for more representation in, in the Bullock Shire, and the Bullock Shire actually did a flag raising for Ida Hobbit Day for the first time ever. Just this may go on. Yes. Oh, excellent. Mm. So, you know, which to some people might think, oh, it's that's small, but I always say those things that you might, you could put, it's like having the 200 metre by 200 metre rainbow flag or trans flag flying or by flag or flying off the roof or something when mm. that happens. It's really huge. Um, so that's really important. Mm. Um, I just want to mention Out in the Open coming up from 31st October through 10 November. And Frolic Festival, there's events um, everywhere that came up. And I'm just trying to get the full date range. Um, it came up in the search, um, but gets underway. I can see events um, that come up from the 7th to the 9th. Um, uh, but is it a bit more? Well, actually, the whole thing's 7th to 13th, I beg your pardon, yes. of November. So um, travel around the countryside. Mm. <laughs> and also, I've got to say, just on writing letters, a thought came to me, given the great work that someone in regional areas, Sally Conning, is doing with Bashshire Council. You've got templates, don't have to reinvent wheels, I suppose. And that's mm. really important because we've got, what is it, well, 78 municipalities all over Victoria, metro and regional. And that's important to share resources as well. So that's a pretty cool thing. Let me go to questions that are a bit more individual. Um, mm-hmm. Jodie, um, you, know, you last year did two LGBTIQ leadership programs, mm-hmm. one of which was the um, one put on by Leadership Victoria, and you've now done the loud LGBTI leadership retreat. Um, tell me about um, a bit of those. So the one last year with the Leadership Victoria was the very first one supported by the Victorian State Government. I believe you were one of the guest speakers on our... I was on the first um, and let Saturday, yeah. Yes, and that was an amazing experience, which I can constantly draw back on as I'm moving around regional Victoria and helping, supporting other upcoming leaders linking people together, saying, you need to speak to this person, or what I learned when I was in this space. And recently I did the Loud Leadership Retreat, which again was another amazing opportunity, which came out of Bendigo, Mm -hmm. a loud group that is in Bendigo, which is focused on rural connection and rural leadership. And again, that has just excelled even further where we learnt about, um, I think the biggest thing I took away from that weekend, if I have to cherry pick, was learning about advocacy, uh, not advocacy, um, I'm having a mental blank, um, Activism. Yeah. So uh, we had talking about the yes campaigning and campaigning and things like that and how we all look bigger together. So the more of us and the brighter we are and we say things with a big smile on our face, we're more likely to get more of a yes and help people move over from being a soft no to being a soft yes. Yeah, and eventually a rock-solid yes. Uh, yes. And, well, we did get to, what was that, 61.6% said the for the trained accountant over here. And so obviously it did work because the... I think from memory the, there was only a 45% hard yes sort of before, when, when that post-dreaded postal survey period started so that obviously mm. the messages did get through and connect to people's hearts and minds. So it proves 
it can be done and I think that's really important sometimes we can be almost metaphorically looking up and going Jesus that's like Everest or something how do we climb it well we can climb it and I think that's really important in your you know research um, type of background I mean you know sort of um, you're wanting to get inclusion and get people on site as well um, how does um, what does the research propose to do in terms of measuring social support, which can be a way of um, having people supported and on-sided? What mm. are you proposing there? Mm. Great question. So, just reflecting on the the Yes campaign and the postal survey that happened, talking about difficult times. I guess that's how mm. I rephrase that. My research <laughs> looks at what keeps trans and gender diverse folks alive during difficult times, and what keeps life or what makes life worth living. So, um, I guess through liaising with various people living in regional and rural Victoria, it comes back time and time again to social support. So my research looks, broadly speaking, at what are the main sources of social support for trans and gender diverse people in regional and rural Victoria. Uh, In terms of my, my method... Uh, I really like the idea of being a professional um, storyteller or collector collector of stories. That's, that's mm. the dream for me. So my approach is, is very much about meeting with people, spending time with people in their community. Um, but also I'm very aware of the fact that in academia there's definitely this prioritisation of the written word and I, I want to get away from that. So I'd like to create a living archive of trans and gender diverse lives and it doesn't have to be text-based. It can be photos or memes or just sketches. I'd just like people to be able to have their voice included within academic discourse. But for this to work, for it to have any purpose, it has to move beyond academia. So uh, reflecting back on what you were saying about activism, a main outcome for this study is very much to ask people, what would you like to happen with um, this record now? And part of that could be canvassing local government around service provision or just looking at, you know, where are the services and how inaccessible or accessible are these and what can we do to shift um, the parameters of inclusion? Yeah, no, very, you know, absolutely important. What sort of supports, I mean, this might sound an incredibly basic question, but I'll check in. How might support differ for a trans and gender diverse person in regional rural compared to metro, and I'll say particularly inner metro where, you know, we've got the north sides and the equinoxes and the centre clinics and the brand market clinics, which are well established and have good track records on queer stuff. What sort of differences might emerge? Let's just put, make sure we've got those on the record, I think, yeah. Mm. Well, it's still very early days, and Jodie, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Please. So I guess I've got some um, key contacts throughout regional and rural Victoria whose experiences I'm drawing upon in answering this um, and uh, doing so at a stretch. Um, I'd say one of the main differences is that there's fewer visible trans and gender diverse Mm. folks around Um, so you would perhaps look around and and you would feel definitely like you're in the minority Um, there's also this idea about cultural norms um, and country cultural norms about belonging and inclusion that are very binary and very het and cis and white which is something I'm sure Jodie you can (laughs) also speak to as well Um, beyond that it's hugely significant having access to a trans inclusive trans-inclusive health service, which we have in Melbourne in spades, which we're very fortunate for. But uh, living out regional and rurally, it's very likely that your first um, contact with a health service provider where you disclose that perhaps you're having questions around your gender or you'd like to transition, it's not always going to be welcome or it's not going to be 
the discussion that that enables you to access services. So I guess lack of visibility, perhaps social isolation as well, and not having your identity reflected in critical services related to um, uh, technologies of transition and care. Fantastic. Yeah, no, um, very important to get that on the record, Jody. Your thoughts on that on those sorts of issues, trans by anything really. So recently, I was fortunate enough to be able to work with the Department of Primary Cabinet as the facilitation and coordination officer for the community practice. So I got to travel around the Lonomelly region and meet with all different people to focus on what are the needs for our region, what are we doing well and what do we hope to do and what can the government do. So Ro Allen and the team came along to Robinvale as well as Bendigo. That was a part that I took care of. They travelled all over, like, regional course, Victoria yes. ride. Roadshow. Um, so... Before that happened, I had to go and connect with community members, service providers, local government, and make sure the right people were invited and gauge what their expectations were, the roadshow, what they, they what they would like to focus on before the workshop happened. And Daniel Withhouse facilitated the workshops amazingly. Mm-hmm. And I got to spend a few days with Daniel, which was like amazing so and the one thing i learned from daniel is one cup of tea at a time absolutely so i take that to heart (laughs) so if you want to activism can be one cup of tea at a time um the one thing i did learn and echoed all through the lonomali region which i believe would have echoed all through rural victoria is the lack of inclusive services there are people that live in i've heard people living in ballarat like by trans women that have had to travel to Melbourne to find an inclusive doctor. Mm. Um, I've heard that in Stall. I've heard that in Rovenvale where pe- like one person that I know is transitioning and they cannot find an inclusive doctor and they can- cannot get um, medical rebate to travel to Melbourne because they should be able to get it from a local GP. But there is no local GP willing to give them their hormone treatment. So this is a common theme that happens, like trying to doctor shop to find a doctor that is inclusive enough to give you the medication that you need to yep. live an authentic life is is a common struggle for people living in rural regional Victoria. And that's only a small part of the issue. Only a small part, and it can be lack of awareness, but I have heard, sadly, of various forms of stigma um, as well that, for example... Trans people being told, oh, you're just on the autism spectrum or something can come up from GPs as well whose own, you know, sort of, well, ideas can can be a blockage. But it is largely just lack of awareness and connection for the GPs that then lead, and health professionals that leads to that lack of connection for regional rainbow people. And there is training out there for GPs. I believe the Victorian government have training online. It costs about $35 to for inclusive training for a GP which is not a big, big expense for them to learn how to be more inclusive. Yeah, well, the Royal Australian College of GPs developed a trans and gender diverse module thanks to the fabulous Dr Ruth McNair, which was put together in conjunction with trans people. And, of course, it can be, well, that's accessible anywhere in Australia. Mm. And so, you know, maybe to, you know, getting some word out about that is a good thing, but also I think that, you know, mislaying the fears, I mean... I am not a medical expert, but to me, hormones are just another pharmaceutical, and yet everyone, you know, GPs seem to go into a bit of a, a meltdown over, oh, I don't know how to do this. Well, read up. You know, it's that sort yeah. of thing. Educate yourself. Like, yeah. Um, I think the other flip side to that is um, they just 
if they don't need to understand it for themselves, if that makes sense. Like mm. they, it's not their life that they're. It's the person's that they're visit, that's coming to them for support. So. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Dave, one day in one of the training sessions I run, someone said, "Well, there is that saying." do unto others as they would do unto you but the one that he this person then said better what can i do for you make it about the person that sort mm. of thing is one but um you know also if you're an ally it has that humility you know to be there and you know be there for that person mm-hmm. so absolutely so and it's really not that hard so they can just get the seamless sort of service that the person can get the seamless service from the service provider that they need mm. all right let's have another breather and another shortish track um just while we catch our breath, um, because there's still lots to discuss. And um, let's have a listen to the, and I've got to say this carefully, the Far Gone Beauties. Don't say it too quickly. And um, their version of a well-known ACDC track. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guests Jodie and Eden. Mountaineer, but he kept his family fed 
And then one day he was shooting at some food When up through the ground came a bubbling crow So don't stop me On the highway to hell 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 I'm on the highway to hell I'm on the highway to hell I'm on the highway to hell On the highway to hell And I'm going down 3CR, 8.5am, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au The country version of Highway to Hell by the Far Gone Beauties. Always say that very quickly. Um, don't say it too much after you've had a couple of refreshments, otherwise it could come out badly before 9 o'clock on radio. And talking regional and rural today um, with guests um, Jody from the Wimmera Mallee region to the western north of Melbourne and Eden, trans and gender diverse rural researcher. Um, and um, just going to pick some topics at random because we had a list of things we needed to cover um and um you know sort of what even research you know knowledge gaps i suppose we may have touched mm. on this let's just make sure we put it you know put it into summary you know what are some of those things that are missing for trans and gender diverse people in regional rural areas in research mm. well <laughs> it's a it's a massive blind spot as it is but i guess it also relates to, to other often overlooked intersections as well so research is is typically quite wide where it does exist so research of trans and gender diverse people typically of people who self-identify as white caucasian also um, binary identified folks that's uh, particularly prevalent in and it relates also in part to sampling. Um, so a lot of samples are drawn from HIV risk cohorts. So that's a, that's a whole other body of literature that exists there. Um, the other thing, and I, I guess I'll speak to research gaps around social support, is that there's a tendency, and it's probably because it's quite easy to do, which is to just send out a survey to people to complete online, um, which already perhaps biases uh, particular cohorts more likely to participate in that type of research. So people who have access to the internet and time and resources to engage in a survey like that. So I think regional and rural folks might miss out in some regards of because of that. The other massive research gap is that when people ask about social support, they often use surveys that have existed for 20 years. So one of these is called the MSPSS, which is the multi-dimensional scale of perceived social support. Mm -hmm. And it asks about your social support across three domains, which I'd love your feedback on. Um, the first is family support. Uh, mm -hmm. The second is friend support, and the third is a significant other. Um, so in terms of um, queer lives, mm. it's very difficult. It's not going to capture the nuanced types of relationships that people have. Um, and it also doesn't capture an emergent trend, which is for people to seek social support online. So there's lots of, like, secret Facebook groups or... Um, you know, transnational groups where people get on and they talk to each other about their experiences. And that might mean that might be a very um, important and significant source of support for someone living in a particularly isolated region where they're unlikely to encounter another trans person. So if they were sent this scale, it wouldn't apply mm. to them. Hmm. Yeah. You're, you got any thoughts there, Jodie? I was going to say too, a lot of like LGBTIQ people don't necessarily, their view of family is not always necessarily mm. your um, 
I'm trying to think of the word. Your general oh, biological family. Biological family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's yeah. very different. It's not your nuclear family that you would always have. Like yeah. yeah. No, look, absolutely. The terms that sometimes get thrown around are biological family vis-a-vis logical family, um, which Mm. can refer to communities, but the ones that perhaps are a bit clearer, family of origin vis-a-vis family of choice. And, you know, we, you know, in our rainbow communities often have both, and it could be queer housemates um, as family of choice or bi or trans communities, etc., that are really, really important to us, Um, you know, president of trans support group, whoever it is, um, that make a huge difference where sometimes, sadly, we are not connected to family of origin, um, that sort of thing. And that, I think that's sometimes something that people may, you know, could well, you know, have unconscious bias on and not be aware mm. of that. And, um, you know, absolutely that, you know, the, you know, a friend or, you know, what was that third point again there, Eden? There was, what was it, family, friends and... A significant other. Significant other. Well... Mm. Which immediately ignores polyamory for starters, exactly, yeah. um, but um, lots of I think lots of queer people can end up single. You know, we know that we might not be heterosexual, we not not cisgender or whatever, but you know that in itself can lead to situations where even though okay, I might I might you know there can be less options. Let's say for bi people, particularly older bi people, and maybe I'm a little biased there, but if you're a bi older bi person in the country. That mm-hmm. sort of thing. So you mightn't have a significant other. It's a very, yeah, sort of um, heteron, you know, sort of middle class view of the world to have those survey questions. Mm. Yeah. It's kind of like you need to throw back to the people that are creating these surveys, like who exactly are you targeting? Are mm. you targeting the people that are in this cisgender heteronormative relationships mm. with family contact or are you trying to uh, is your target audience everybody like are you trying to gauge and i think to to create to correct your way of actually putting out these surveys is having the right voices around the table to like what exactly do we need to have in our survey and what does it look like and what kind of data are we actually trying to attain so we need people like eden and sally at the table to say well this is what we need to do to be able to make sure we're engaging everybody not just Mm. you know heteronormative stereotypical people yeah absolutely and i think there will be no survey in my research it will be very much about asking people who do you turn to for comfort or support Mm. and based on my preliminary um kind of uh, touring around regional and rural victoria it may well be your cat or your dog you know in terms of relationships significant relationships in your life the reason why you get out of bed the reason why you know you you get out of bed to feed your pet for instance so those relationships are equally as important and they're not going to appear on a survey for instance about three primary heterosis domains of support um, so I'm completely open to writing um, a thesis about companionship and companion animals for instance as that that's a completely legitimate avenue of support hmm. I would agree with that be kind to misty if he's listening but he's probably asleep by the by the heater at my place and hello to my dad's cat Buffy up on the Gold Coast but where I was visiting this week um, said live cheerios people of all genders but anyway we should do it and seriously you know as a crazy cat person um, I totally agree with that but um, Hmm. we can be very diverse on these programs by the way we can be dog lovers and also um, we've I totally value Daniel Woodhouse's diversity on a cup of tea but um, 
I'm the Melbourne latte-built person who has a flat white. Anyway, um, <laughs> you know, we, so seriously, you know, we have to look at what keeps us ticking, and it can be various things that work for people that just fall beyond the sort of, as I'll call, I'll use this term, middle-class sort of radar that sometimes people can't mm. see beyond. I'm going to have another quick track, and then we'd better just um, wrap up after that. Um, so um, we'll gather our thoughts to get to the finish line and just make sure we've got anything we haven't covered and do a summary and come back and talk regional and rural with um, Jody Jane Lyons and Eden Dowers on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, hosted by Sally. <laughs>
people out there in the radio world show some love to 3CR you know and if you're listening and enjoying the programs here yeah, man great radio station it is how how it was built by community and the community ownership and that's a powerful thing to have within community so show some love show some support and please subscribe from the north to the south to the east to the west let the baller take you home island style represent your soul to the flow love your set represent raise your pride to the sky love it like it's the best my power bring it back home love 3CR, 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand, out of the pan with Sally and guests Jody and Eden. Um, we just heard from Leslie Avril doing a song written by Chris Wall, recorded first by Jerry Jeff Walker, later at Confederate Railroad, and from the Leslie Avril live album, um, Trashy Woman. And she reclaimed it because she could. Good luck to her and yay for her. Um, just a few things coming up this week. Um, did mention that um, coming up on Saturday is Intersex Awareness Day, and tomorrow night, the 21st, if you're listening live, um, there's an Intersex Awareness Day screening and forum at the Williamstown Library, 104 Ferguson Street, Williamstown, um, and hosted by Deputy Mayor Councillor Tony Briffer, JP of the City of Hobsons Bay, long-standing intersex um, advocate, um, and um, there'll be a documentary and a Q&A thereafter as we lead, sort of lead up to Intersex Events, Intersex Awareness Day next Saturday, 26 October. A few other things quickly. Um, Bi Alliance runs the Bi Discussion Group um, on the fourth Tuesday of every month, which means Tuesday the 22nd sneaks in as the fourth Tuesday. Bent TV and possibly QTV on Friday the 25th. And Saturday, the Anxiety Group in the morning at um, Carlton and Trans Family for family members of trans on um, Saturday afternoon. And also, got to give a quick plug, went and saw Gender Euphoria last night. Nods and smiles from um, my guests in the studio and just the sense of um, energising and empowerment that's come out of that for trans and gender diverse and allies and families. Just huge. Well done to all the cast Six shows, I think, completely sold out mm. on weeknights, which is just incredible and good to see. Maybe a country tour, perhaps, a few country shows for gender euphoria. Sounds like a fair thing. I think that'd be great to see. All right. We'll, I'm all for we'll, it. We'll put in... We'll, 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 we'll do lunch or something. Definitely. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm <think>. here for this. <laughs> Absolutely. I just think that would be phenomenal. It's just, just the um, sense of skill in all the acts, the passion... And it touches on some of the difficulties, but not in a grisly, miserable way. Not that you know people's feelings should be denied either. Mm, absolutely, I went to see it, and I was yeah, I was stoked. It's really amazing to see some theatre from a strength-based perspective. You know, looking at, at our talents and our resilience and our just our existence. I think, which is critical. Yep. Now we're just about running out of time. So, if there are any last points we haven't covered from each of you, and then a sort of the take-homes, let's get those in and then we'd better um, make way for freedom of species, talking all things animal advocacy. Last thoughts um, about your own journey, um, critical things you'd love to see? Um, I'd love to see more people come out and visit us in the countryside. So we promise we won't play all country music while you're there. We do love Sia and we do love um, Tones and I as well. So, you know, it'd be great to see more people come out and support rural events and, um, yeah, catch up and, and jump on Rural Rainbows if you want to have a look and send us some suggestions if you think we're not actually representing what needs to be represented. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, to keep getting the feedback in because everyone's lived expertise is valuable. Eden? Mm, I second that. I think our greatest resource is our time. And spending time out of our, out of our, wherever we are at the moment is, is fabulous and it enables us to extend our networks and just really think critically about who are our own people and our people are, in fact, everywhere. Yeah. Mm. And Jodie, got to say, you made the effort to come down here today. I'm not sure where you're based exactly and don't have to say if you don't I, want Most to. people don't. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm based in a small country town called Watcham. You'll blink if you miss it. It's mm-hmm. so tiny. It's like four hours from here. And also I'm based in Thornbury because my partner, Michael, lives in Thornbury. So, um, and he's so great. So I don't have to pay for accommodation when I come to Melbourne. I can just come down here and spend some time and also volunteer at some Melbourne organisations and be that rural, annoying voice, reminding people that there's lots behind the tram tracks. So. <laughs> Look, I've been the annoying trans and bi voice for years and been told I'm a complainer, and guess what? I don't give a, fl- a sod. So basically, be annoying. Um, no, seriously, we do always need to remember to make sure we're including all the intersectionalities. It is very, very important. Mm-hmm. So, you know, keep pushing, and if you've got, you know, naturally for both of you, if you've got stuff, send it to the show. Actually, Eden, very, very quickly, um, we need to make sure how can people who are interested in your research get in touch with you? What's the best way? Thanks, Sally. So my email is edowers at swin.edu.au. Too easy, and I'll make sure I pop that into the... um, If it's okay, I'll pop that on the footer of the podcast when that goes up and um, that sort of thing. And um, Jody, um, what's is there a quick way to contact you? Facebook best or uh, you can contact me on the Real Rainbows Facebook page, or yeah, I'm just Google Jody Jane Lyons on Facebook, and you can contact me there. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of. If there's anything you want, I should know or need to know. I'm happy to. I'm all all ears. So yeah, cool. Look, thank you for coming in today, um, particularly at short notice. I'm much appreciated. And, you know, I think, you know, we just need to keep remembering to include everyone, um, including those beyond the metro areas. Take it out today with, um, well, gave me an excuse to play country music. I'm sorry. but It's, um, okay. it's he, great. Here is um, a bit of an oldie, the Bushwhackers, and Ned Kelly's tunes will romp out with an instrumental. Um, thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. Thanks once again to Jodie Needham for coming in. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.